0: Well, good morning, Greenwich, and welcome to the Wednesday, February 9th edition of the Basement Academy. Our morning psalm is Psalm 39. It's a little long, but uh, one that we need to pray regularly, at least once a month, right? <laughs> uh, this is for the director of music, it says. It is a psalm of David. I said, I will watch my ways and keep my tongue from sin. I will put a muzzle on my mouth as long as the wicked are in my presence. But when I was silent and still, not even saying anything good, my anguish increased. My heart grew hot within me, and as I meditated, the fire burned. Then I spoke with my tongue. Show me, O Lord, my life's end and the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting is my life. You have made my days a mere hand-breadth. The span of my years is as nothing before you. Each man's life is but a breath. Man is a mere phantom as he goes to and fro. He bustles about, but only in vain. He heaps up wealth, not knowing who will get it. But now, Lord, what do I look for? My hope is in you. Save me from all my transgressions. Do not make me the scorn of fools. I was silent. I would not open my mouth, for you are the one who has done this. Remove your scourge from me. I am overcome by the blow of your hand. You rebuke and discipline men for their sin. You consume their wealth like a moth. Each man is but a breath. Hear my prayer, O Lord, listen to my cry for help. Be not deaf to my weeping, for I dwell with you as an alien, a stranger as all my fathers were. Look away from me that I may rejoice again before I depart and am no more. Psalm 39, some contemplation on the brevity of life, the end of life, at the very end And he's contemplating departing and being no more. So it's a call to reflect on our mortality. Show me, O Lord, my life's end and the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting is my life. What struck me, um, particularly in light of what we're going to talk about this morning, this call to keep silent. I was silent. I would not open my mouth. I, I said, I'll watch my ways and keep my tongue from sin. I'll put a muzzle on my mouth. But then as (laughs) Heart burned, <laughs> and he had to speak. It is so hard to hold our tongues, to stay silent. That is one of the spiritual disciplines, the discipline of silence. So we'll, we'll talk about that. Lord, hear our prayer. Okay, so I have set up for you this idea that there are these practices, these exercises, these drills to help us develop skills. The skills of living, the skills of discipleship, of following Jesus, of subduing. You know, Paul talked, uh, read in 1 Corinthians 9 about beating my body and bringing it into submission. <clears throat> and so I'd like to, uh, for the next couple of days, just tease out some of the spiritual disciplines that are identified by some of our wise guides today. <clears throat> and so uh, the book I referred to yesterday, The Spirit of. Of the disciplines by Dallas Willard. Understanding how God changes lives, I think that's what we're always after, isn't it? God, how can I change? How can I grow? And so, the spirit of the disciplines. Uh, this would be worth reading, listening to, studying, reviewing. Um. So what Willard does, he's deceased, so recently deceased. He was a, a longtime professor of philosophy, I think it, it was, out at uh, University of Southern California, USC. Um, I think his breakthrough book was The Divine Conspiracy. Some of you may have encountered that back in the 90s. I think this is from, this is from the early 90s. <clears throat> this is what he said. So he goes, the conflict between flesh and spirit is the experience of all who begin the spiritual life by the influx of God's life-giving word. So we read in Galatians 5, the flesh and the spirit are opposed to each other, okay? So the conflict between flesh and spirit is the experience of God's people. Sometimes the conflict is long, sometimes short. This is where the spiritual disciplines come in. The disciplines for the spiritual life rightly understood are time-tested activities consciously undertaken by us as new men or women to allow our spirit ever-increasing sway over our embodied selves. They help us by assisting the ways of God's kingdom to take the place of the habits of sin embedded in, In our bodies. I underline that part. (laughs) And so the disciplines, time tested activities, again, the the, the church throughout the, the centuries has practiced these individuals within the church, we'll say it that way. But they allow our spirits to hold sway over our bodies, the spirit to help conquer, have victory over the flesh. The two are in conflict with each other, Paul reminds us in Galatians 5 but they help us by assisting the ways of God's kingdom to take the place of the habits of sin embedded in our bodies. Habits of sin. The seven deadlies, okay? These tendencies that then express themselves out that we often don't question perhaps, or we don't know how to rein in or restrain, and so the disciplines are, are for that purpose. So. Um, Willard uh, separates these into disciplines of abstinence, where we are abstaining from, we're withdrawing, um, we're denying ourselves something at at some level, and then the disciplines of engagement, where there's activity and and a leaning in, sometimes in in group or corporate uh, uh, collective settings. So the disciplines of abstinence and engagement, so that's one uh, framework to think about. So... He talks about solitude being the chief of these um, disciplines of abstinence. Choosing to be alone with no one else around. Choosing to do that intentionally, um, repetitively, regularly. It becomes a part of one's own life. So Jesus we read in Mark chapter 1, verse 35, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. If Jesus felt the need to be alone, to practice solitude, if we would be his disciples, then we would conform to that, right? If we're to be conformed to the image or character or likeness of Jesus, we too will seek solitude. We will seek to be in a solitary place where we can be free of the distractions of others so that we can think, we can be alone with our thoughts, to contemplate God, contemplate our lives, let me know how fleeting is my life, So, solitude becomes kind of the core discipline of abstinence. Choosing to be by yourself. Um, I've got these listed in different order, but silence often works hand in hand with solitude, where you very intentionally put the muzzle on your mouth, you've turned off the television, you've turned off the radio, you've turned off the CD player, you've turned off the computer. There's going to be some humming and whirring in the house if you're indoors because, you know, my uh, furnace just kicked on. I don't know if you can, you know, pick that up or not, but there's always a little bit of noise. Some of us may have the ability to get out, Away from the house, maybe out in nature somewhere. Take a get on a hiking trail, but intentionally not speaking. And after a while, you, you your heart will start to like. Uh, I, I need some noise. That's why we have the discipline. <laughs> We practice solitude to be by ourselves, and even in that, practice silence. Um, I had occasion to take a silent retreat a number of years ago uh, when I was uh, in the first church I served, and it was very interesting. We only broke the silence uh, over the meal, but other than that, uh, it was kind of a 48-hour event. It was conducted in silence with other people, which was kind of interesting. Um, Something happens when we hold our tongue. Sometimes our heart burns, as we read in the psalm. And then we need to pay attention to that. We need to practice that, holding our tongue, so that when we are engaged with people, we're in community, we're at a family dinner, we're in some other setting, I know how to hold my tongue. I've practiced it. And then when you're silent, you listen. And that that act of listening keeps you attentive to your surroundings. You become aware. And then the listening for God that begins to happen. But when we're with people all the time and surrounded by noise all the time, it is virtually impossible to hear from god i mean not that not that god can't communicate through other people but there so again this is a discipline is to subdue to let the spirit hold sway over the body and let the kingdom of god start to diminish and root out those embedded habits of sin Uh, fasting is when we typically uh as as uh uh, customarily practice. Fasting is abstaining from food for a season, possibly drink. Uh, for those of us who've gotten on in years a little bit, uh, we would want to be thoughtful about that. Um, Jesus, as we know, fasted for 40 days, and that's kind of what's behind the practice of Lent and then giving up something for Lent, that notion of entering the discipline of fasting. In the fasting of from food, what we discover is how Often we are driven by our appetites and by our bellies. And when we get a little hungry, we get a little. Rawr, rawr, rawr. What's the word? Hangry? I think you've, you've maybe heard that term before. When you get hungry, you get angry. And so the discipline of fasting enables you to experience that intentionally. And to remind yourself, we do not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. So a, a period of fasting will often awaken one to the awareness of how dependent we are on our, our food. We are dependent on food, but it's reflecting on our humanity, our mortality, our, our dependence upon God. And so, so hunger choosing to be hungry. Now, some fast from television, some fast from alcohol, some fast from other things for a season. The the point is, pay attention as you start to crave that thing. That becomes the moment in which you pray. That's the moment of engagement. That's when you say, God, help me to subdue this. I do not want to be a slave to my cravings and my desires and my appetites. I wish to master those. Uh, chastity has to do with uh, abstaining from sexual engagement. Um, again, depending for those of us who've gotten on in years, maybe some of that takes care of itself. Um, but I would add to the sexual content, and so um, uh, I hope nobody's engaged in pornography. Uh, there's soft pornography that is in our society. You know, movies magazines, etc., that are very titillating um, and sensual. Um, They're intended to excite the senses to buy that magazine or to view that program or or television show or movie. And so the practice of chastity is, again, to subdue the lusts, that, that sexual appetite. We are sexual beings. We praise God for that but we do not want to be mastered by that so chastity subdues that sacrifice is where i choose to do without something that i believe i need i need this to live and so i will sacrifice often sacrifice might have to do with with releasing our clutch on money it's not only that Uh, might be some other possession but we we let go that, that, that letting go, that opening up, that, that abstaining from possessing and holding on and clinging to, to you know, money or possessions. Uh, s- silence I've spoken about. Uh, frugality, as um, Willard writes of it, <clears throat> has to do with the abstaining from purchasing items to be recognized. Uh, the, the, I think the phrase in the sociological economic universe is conspicuous consumption, we consume things in order to be seen having consumed that or purchased that or owning that. So it has to do with status and power being noticed. Okay, so frugality is living simply. It's living with what you need. You don't need the big fancy car, you need a car, but it doesn't have to be the high-end vehicle. That would be you know, one example. And so frugality is a choice that is made you know, to buy generic instead of the name brand, uh, to, you know, uh, not necessarily uh, get that item so that others, again, I've said it, you know, so so that you're noticed for it. It's it's paying attention to the simplicity of needs, maybe distinguishing from wants, okay? So, frugality helps in that, kind of the need-want. I need this but I want that. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll buy the thing I need. Uh, secrecy is very interesting. He writes about that. I think I mentioned yesterday, kind of like gossipy and whatnot. I went back and reviewed um, uh, his, his writing there. Secrecy, the discipline of secrecy, is refu- abstaining from letting other people know the good works you've done. So do not let your right hand know what your left hand is doing, Jesus said. Do not give your alms to be seen. Uh, do not say your prayers to be seen. Do not fast in order to be seen. There's something in our world, particularly you know, with our social media world and you know all the cool things we get involved in. Hey, you know, I spent the day volunteering at the homeless shelter. Don't advertise that. The discipline of secrecy is do the good work for the sake of the work itself. Uh, the Disciplines of Engagement, um, I am looking at the time. I think what I'm gonna do is just pause here. I'm just gonna pause here and we'll pick up with the Disciplines of Engagement tomorrow. I'll leave this um, whiteboard up because I want to reflect on these Disciplines of Abstinence. Uh, what is that, seven Disciplines that that Willard identifies each of them if practiced again these are things you do you don't just think about doing it you do you go get away from people on purpose yeah i don't like that it makes me lonely it makes me sad which is exactly why you need to do it you need to get away and say you are never alone god is with you (laughs) And so if we're always seeking the comfort of others, then we might not understand the comfort of God. So solitude, fasting, chastity, sacrifice, silence, frugality, secrecy, every one of these is, a, is some expression of denying ourselves. And Jesus said, if you do not deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me, you won't be my disciple. There is something in the denial of self because the, the root of sin is in Self, I want this. I want it now. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm right to want it again. That I'm convinced of my own rightness. So the disciplines of, of abstinence, strike the axe to the root. <laughs> that autonomous. I, I am independent. I live on my own. I can determine my own future. I can determine my path. Nobody's going to tell me what to do you just go get a little hungry, you get a little little quiet, (laughs) and you will find out how unautonomous you are, right? We are not as free as we need. We are contingent beings, and so the disciplines of abstinence typically will stir up the heart. We will become anxious and uh, restless. Often there's a restlessness and you know, if you're hungry, you go, just open the refrigerator. I don't know, I just, you know. You know we, and so it's, these disciplines enable you to observe your own inner being and go, look at that restlessness within me, that frustration, that, you know, sometimes a sadness and a loneliness. And, and how often do we then just try to fill that sadness and loneliness, that, that, that sense of void that we may feel inside, that restlessness, <clears throat> with activity, noise, chatter, um, you know, any number of things. Food, comfort food, right? Sometimes we eat. I feel sad, therefore I go eat. If I'm sad, let me pull out my psalms. And let me cry out to the Lord. This is how we let the spiritual disciplines, let the spirit subdue uh, the heart. Was it Augustine who said, uh, you have made us for yourself and our hearts are restless until they rest in thee. God has made us for himself. Our lives, our inner being, our mind, our heart, our emotions, all this, have been created to hold a relationship with God. Christ comes to dwell in our hearts through faith, we read in Ephesians 3. Let us seek that indwelling of Jesus Christ. Let us seek to embrace him and hold him, and let him be our company in solitude. Let him be our food uh, in our fasting, let him be our joy and delight in our chastity, uh, let him be, um, let his sacrifice be the reason we sacrifice, that we find the redemptive reality, uh, let his voice speak in our silence, uh, let him, his provision be all that we might want in our frugality, That I, 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 my notice of him. And let his affirmation, well done, good and faithful servant, be in our good works, in our secrecy. Let us listen for his blessed affirmation. So let me encourage you to practice one of these disciplines of abstinence today at some point. Try to spend five minutes alone, 10 minutes, maybe 30 minutes um, or silence, you know, so whatever it it might be, to just begin leaning in the direction uh, of this, and perhaps you can go out uh, and purchase uh, Willard's book, *The Spirit of the Disciplines*. Let's pray, Father. Thank you. Thank you for the pursuit that Jesus made uh, towards you in those solitary uh, morning uh, prayer vigils. And so teach us, O Lord, to do the same. Uh, These disciplines are high and noble. Uh, They they stir us, but frankly, many of us feel these are unachievable. And so help us, O Lord, to take some baby steps uh, in the direction of these disciplines that our spirits might hold sway and your kingdom might prevail over our embedded habits of sin. Uh, we would we would know more of the Savior, and so we pray you would draw close as we offer our prayers in his name, even as he taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship, the true fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with you this day and forevermore. Amen.